Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. And I'm your host, Kenneth Camp, and I'm excited about today's episode because it's the first one where Danielle's joining me, and we're going to do this on a regular basis. Um, I would, I'm not sure exactly how regular, but I think about monthly as I'm kind of getting a feel for my podcast schedule. But we're just going to talk about things that goes on in our home and our life as we uh, work at Parenting with Connection. And to give you a little bit of our background, in case you don't know who we are as a couple and as a family, Danielle and I have been married a little over 28 years now. We never had our own biological children, and we currently have uh, an almost six-year-old son that we adopted through foster care when he was just about two. And he was placed with us when he was eight months old, so it's been quite a journey of learning how to, one, be parents to begin with, and then two, how to parent a child that has a trauma background. And so... um, our whole goal, as we share from our life, is to, to help other parents um, not feel alone, to feel encouraged, to hear some stories that hopefully will help you as you look to parent your children that come from a hard place or have a trauma background. Today's episode uh, specifically is going to be about um, how we have helped or worked at helping our son handle transitions in life. And in a book that I just published for foster and adoptive parents, I talk about in a chapter about transitions, the three main types of transitions that are common for all of us. And those are daily, you know, just the daily in and out of of going out of in and out of activities throughout the day and how we transition from one to another. Uh, For, you know, children, you know, that can be very challenging and especially children that come from a trauma background. The second one is major life transitions. Um, going from uh, maybe you're starting a new job, but you just moved to a new house or new city. Or, for example, for our, our son, he just started kindergarten. That's a huge transi- major life transition. And then the third one, developmental uh, transitions, which can overlap with these other two, but um, it's more like um, how your life changes as you develop throughout life. Um, you know, I'm sure puberty is going to be an exciting developmental transition time around our house, right? And me being 50, I talk about this in the book, uh, in my 50s, um, I've had to get my head around the fact that my body just does not respond the same way it uh, did when I was in my 30s. That's a good example of a developmental transition in life. Today, as as Danielle and I, we're just going to have a conversation back and forth. She's going to tell some stories. I'm going to interact with her on some of these stories. And we're going to focus mainly on daily transitions and major life transitions that have happened in our home, uh, both in the past and some very recent. So uh, I want to bring Danielle in here. And if Danielle, feel just say hi. And... Well, hello, I'm Danielle Camp, and I'm uh, just truly excited to be able to share stories from our journey of parenting a child from a hard place uh, in hopes that our experiences will help you. Uh, I wanted to start out just by saying, you know, daily transitions, well, they're daily. And as a mom, it's just constant going from one thing to another. And helping our children navigate that uh, does take some skill. And so I just want to share some of the things that I've learned um, over the last six years with our kiddo. Um, I think one of the main things that our son deals with is really just being angry and frustrated when things have to change, especially if he's having fun doing what he's doing. So I'm that typical mom on the playground who says, okay, buddy, five more minutes. 
you know <laughs> okay buddy one more minute it's time to go you know uh just the constant reminder just laying that out in front of him which is common for most moms uh to have to do that whether they're biological or adopted but our little guy just needs more prompting and needs more encouragement to make that transition so you do see a difference between um like when you're on a play date and there's other kids that are biological kids i've heard a lot of parent a lot of moms give that Mm -hmm. countdown and it's a common practice parenting practice but you do see a difference i do and you know some of it could just be his personality makeup but i think some of it is also uh you know trauma related um I can remember when he was just, you know, two, early threes, and he was throwing tantrums, and I would give that typical, you know, countdown that the other moms would give, and if I didn't handle it just right with him, we would have a good 45-minute tantrum on the way home, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I it was long before I realized when the other moms talked about their kids having tantrums that it was just a 10-minute tantrum or a 5-minute tantrum. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the other ones, other kiddos weren't experiencing um things like mine was the thought that comes to mind for me is you know trauma kids things with them uh look like other kids that are biological age but they just last longer they're more intense and they take longer to re- longer to recover from um you know and just hearing that from uh, the connected child karen mm-hmm. purvis book has really helped me as i see those things happen on a daily basis with our guy so that's a big takeaway is um, as you're working with your with our you know our son or you know our parents working with a child from a trauma background is that you can feel when you're in the you know around other families and you see them you know you're trying to do apply parenting principles that maybe they're doing this exact same kind but you see a different response from your child it, it can be I don't know it can be uh, intimidating maybe or feel like you're doing something wrong right but um i think it's um important to realize that you're not doing something wrong you just you need to maybe tweak how you handle it or be aware of the fact that our child that comes from a trauma background is going to react a little bit differently in -hmm. some situations when it's especially when we're talking about transitions here i think that became real apparent to me uh when we were with our son uh, for a play therapy session and the counselor was doing the typical countdown she gave you know our son a a five minute warning and then she gave him the minute warning and he was real engaged with whatever toy he was playing with and the minute was almost over i mean it was a good 59 seconds and he took the toy and turned and threw it at her And that was the first time that it really uh, became evident in my mind that a lot of his anger responses were really just frustration. And there was a delayed frustration. And so um, when I would give him those countdowns and then he would do something in my mind that seemed a little bizarre, you know, Uh, like just recently we picked him up from a play date, which he was having a lot of fun with. And as I gave him kind of a warning, we're about to leave, you know, uh, he turned around and knocked his little friend's toys all over. Um, and it was really just his way of saying, I'm having fun here and I don't want to leave. So um, I just didn't do a real good transition with him that day. I could have help, helped him avoid that kind of feeling within his body um, by helping the countdown be more smooth and more consistent. Yeah, so it's um, 
it's more than just giving a countdown and a heads up. It's also helping them maybe have some tools. This is kind of what I'm hearing. You know, I'm, I'm learning right now you know, about how I can help our son in these transition times. And in addition to giving him a heads up and a countdown is also maybe be a little more hands-on to help him regulate through that transition as as we're you know about to leave a play date or a playground or it's time to go wash hands for dinner or something like that mm-hmm. um and, and part of that you know is um being closer to him maybe being a little you know a, phys- a little bit more physically present in a gentle way to help him kind of transition and talking through you know i know this you know i know you're really engaged in this but you know we want to you know Mm-hmm. respect you know our friend's time and his toys and or you know come on buddy let's go you know go with him to wash his hands whatever so I, i'm mm-hmm. thinking that might be something that's uh, helpful i think the reason that that uh, particular play date ended with frustration for him is there were a lot of new things you know it was mm-hmm. a, a new friend a new play date mm-hmm. um you know you and i were coming to pick him up together uh, you hadn't met, you know, the friend's dad. Y'all were talking. So it wasn't the typical, okay, buddy, mom's here to pick you up. You know, why don't you guys start picking up your toys and uh, kind of a, a predictable way mm-hmm. that we exit. Uh, it was different that day and just yeah. that little bit of difference. Uh, so it wasn't a clear cut. We're leaving in one minute and now we're packing up and we're out the door. Uh, so just that little bit of difference made it mm-hmm. difficult for him. It was frustrating because he really was having fun with his new friend, the new toys, and uh, didn't want to leave. And, um, you know, that was his way of just letting that frustration kind of come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I could have helped him a whole lot that day. You know, I probably even, as I look back on it, remember seeing some of the signs that this might be a, a difficult exit. So getting closer to him, helping him put the toys away, mm-hmm. you know, just staying real calm and gentle with him and, and then us walking out the, the door together, I could have alleviated that, uh, which was just a minor thing that day. Sure. But sometimes their reactions can be pretty major. Right. I think a big struggle for me when when um, we're going through a transition like that, a daily transition, is that I will take his uh, bad behavior, like in that case, you know, both those stores you said, you know, had some bad behavior, you know, as we were transitioning, um, and I take it as uh, rebellion or, you know, something bad. And I, I have a hard time associating that with how trauma has affected the wiring of his brain. And he's, he's just, in some cases, he just needs help making some good choices or regulating through that transition. He It, it causes some kind of, you know, angst inside of him, anxiety or, or displeasure or something like that. And, and he... He needs some some really hands-on help to to not only transition from one thing to another, but also how to do it in a regulated way. And uh, that's been been a struggle for me, I think. And and I think it is hard on a daily basis, you know, um, mm-hmm. to to see that. I think when we look at major life uh, situations, whether it's like bigger transition transitions, it's real easy to see that. Right. Like him recently, uh, you know, going to kindergarten mm-hmm. or a move that we had in January. You know, the the things that surround that are a lot more obvious than the than the day to day uh transitions. That's true. Well let's let's go ahead and talk about some of those major 
life ones. Um, did you want to talk about both of those, or you want to just focus in on kindergarten? Or? Oh, kindergarten, I think, because um, probably everybody who's listening to this podcast, you know, has kids um, that are going to, to school, and so um, our little guy ramped up middle summer. I don't know what um, started it for him. I don't know if it was people just asking, you know, hey, buddy, you're, are you about to start kindergarten this year? Or, or what it was that, that got his little mind just twisted on starting school. But uh, a good four weeks before school started, he just, his behavior just, it just plummeted. He was just really uh, just struggling. And the only thing I think his mind could fixate on is something in the future that was positive. And so our family goes to the beach at uh, Thanksgiving every year, and he started talking about it incessant. How do you say that word? A lot. A lot. (laughs) All the time, constantly. Um, Yeah, he just really fixated on it. It, One day uh, he was packing his bags, you know, and at first I got out the calendar. I was looking at it from a logical standpoint, explaining to him how far off that was. Uh, You know, school was starting in in August, and here it was all the way out into November before we'd be going. And I'm just trying to hit it from a logic standpoint. But after a day or two of this fixation, I realized this is fear talking here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I let I got the luggage down. I let him pack. Uh, I let him just, you know, do whatever his brain needed to help calm himself down. Um, and then as it got closer, we tried uh, something else with him. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, just the role playing, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, it was you know what I recall too is that um, I mean it's obvious that he was afraid about you know going to kindergarten and there was you know fear there. It was really interesting how he would not even talk about it. he wouldn't bring it up, Mm-mm. and we would drive by you know his his school was on one of the major roads that we would travel on. From time to time, and and I would all through the summer say, "Hey, buddy, look, there's your school," and and uh, even went over there one time with him to play on the playground and walk around the school. But shortly after that, he just would not talk about it at all, and I just you know, it's hard to understand you know how to help him you know process through that. And I think there was something that he said. Um, I can't remember as if it was before we started role playing or after we started role playing, but he started. Maybe it was after because he started to talk about it a little bit. But let's talk about the role playing. Someone suggested that to you. Yeah, I, I can't even remember where this came from, but you know, someone that was just giving me some helpful suggestions. You know, like um, one of them was uh, just asking him, "Hey, buddy, is there just one thing that you might be a little bit anxious or uh, scared about school?" You know, and that day he was able to express to me what happens if you know if I get lost um, and that was you know one of the fears that he had I think another day he was able to express you know well you know if I make a bad choice they'll send me to another school right you know and so just being able to talk through these things that he had in his mind that uh, were just concerns and were producing fear and mm-hmm. so we did that for a couple of days and then they also suggested um, which I think this one's kind of common is just uh, picking up some different books from the library that talk about starting kindergarten you know and doing that and uh, then the other thing that was suggested was doing a role play and uh, so I think so, this was the occupational therapist. 
It was. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. His occupational therapist suggested these things. And um, so we told him we were going to do a little role play and pretend what it was going to be like his first day of kindergarten. And he really, that one really helped. He got excited about it. He made in our uh, living room area uh, his own little kindergarten class with chairs and where the backpacks would be. And, oh, it was the whole I guess the whole elementary, because it had a a cafeteria in it. It had a library, a reading (laughs) station. So it, he just kind of took over this space in our house and uh, had fun, you know, enjoying it. And it was the first time I think he really, really started to process. Right. So, you know, we all participated and we did this at least twice. I know maybe, and you may have done it a couple more times with him, but where we would role play and we would take turns uh, him being the student, you being the teacher, me being the parent, taking him to the kindergarten, and then we would switch the roles, and he would, and he would uh, assign the roles. You know, he would be the teacher, I would be the student, you know, the son, and and you would be the the mom taking me to school, and we would keep rotating, and just role play that, and it really did seem to help him process that a lot, and uh, he did take over, you know, a good corner of our living room with what he built and of course he got all into building it out and um and we would go through kind of the day showing up at at the beginning of class right and then um doing maybe a little workstation and then going to lunch and and that's and then come and then the parent coming and picking him back up Mm -hmm. so what's your thoughts on how that went how did that seem to help him i mean talk about how it seemed to help him process but did you notice anything else the main thing I noticed is it, it just finally unlocked a key where he would process some with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was still just as anxious. Um, you know, a lot of the behaviors like, you know, chewing up the shirt and our, our sons were oral. Uh, so, you know, he'll lick his hands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lick surfaces when he gets really anxious. So, uh, you know, I saw that still really heightened, but... Finally, you know, he was not just totally fixating on going to the beach. Right. You know, he was able to just open up the window a little bit and start processing some with us uh, about possibly some of the anxiety or fear. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, what I've learned is that um, for any of us when we're facing things that causes fear if we're able to talk about it and process it with with those that are safe around us and of course you know as mom and dad we are and want to be that safe place for him to process things and him learning how to do that and us learning how to help him do that is is huge and that whole role playing with the kindergarten really showed me how you know a way to do that as far as a major life transition and of course you know when he's you know 15 or 16 and he's got some major life transitions he may not be all that into role playing but right now it's a good tool uh, for his age um anything else any other kind of stories that come to mind on transitions and how we felt i mean uh, well there's just been so many with kindergarten mm-hmm. and i think probably would apply to almost all the elementary years um you know i'd heard before you know take your ch- try to get the kids into the routine like the week before school starts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did that and, uh, that was difficult just about every day because, 
you know, there was still a lot of anxiety, but I just, I think it helped him get into a routine. Uh, I think in our situation, the, like me, the teacher open house events have been really, really challenging for our son. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just gets so anxious on the inside about those that when we finally get to the event, I mean, he's, all his behaviors are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, he wants to be okay and feel fine and do well in those environments, but they typically just don't turn out well. And I think one of my big takeaways, you know, this year was, uh, I had prepared myself real well for it. Um, you know, preparing him through the day, leading up to the time that we would leave for the open house, giving ourselves plenty of time to get there, just everything that would reduce stress. I was thinking that through, but you know, Kenny on the other side of the spectrum was busy working. Uh, he was trying to get some last minute things done and kind of just joined our family unit at the last second and hadn't been mentally engaged with us. And you know, that was just a takeaway for me. Like, yeah. next year, we have to plan even, you know, greater. We've got to give ourselves big margins so that we're ready for the different types of behaviors that might come out and how to stay engaged with him and truly come alongside him and help him deal with those behaviors mm-hmm. in a productive way. Because uh, if we get overly anxious or stressed, then it just makes it, you know, complicated even more for him. You bet. No, that... That was very obvious, wasn't it? I, um, you know, our son was very dysregulated at the uh, open house, I guess it was, or whatever that first night was at the school, and I became very dysregulated <laughs> because I wasn't, I hadn't prepared myself well for that transition, and so that that is something that's very important that we pay attention to what's going on inside of us um, as we help our our kids uh, work through different transitions, whether they be daily, major life, or developmental. And uh, and I do talk about that as we're wrapping up. And, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, doing something I know stretches you. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing this more often. But as I wrap up this episode, um, in this new book, I want to mention it again, uh, for foster and adoptive parents, uh, in the... uh, episode notes on my website you can access that book via a link and i want to encourage you to check it out and one of the sections as you know as we were transitioning here um is about how being aware of what we we um have a bring to the table as parents and talking about how that's so much that's so important and so vital to be aware of that and so there's a few chapters that that speak to that so i encourage you to um look into the, that book, and I think it'll be very helpful for you as a foster and adoptive parent. And if you don't have, or if you have any kind of child that comes from a trauma background, yeah, but then again, for that matter, parenting with connection parenting with connection works with any kid, um, even if they're your biological kids that doesn't have any kind of trauma in their background. Uh, I think it applies well. So that wraps up today's um, episode of um, how we have helped handle (laughs) how we have helped our son handle transitions and i look forward to uh, joining you uh, again next time on his hands his feet 